You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2020, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hard binding those special comics in your collection. And it's Christmas time. Hopefully you're getting them wrapped up, bounded, and ready to go. The guys over at Omaha Bound do the only the best high quality binding. And this is the best part. They customize the design for every cover. So you get a single hardcover with a really unique design. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection, and it makes a very special Christmas gift. So why aren't you giving these away or buying them for those special people in your life? Do it. You know you want to. And the way you can do that is just going ahead to the website omahabound.com. Treat yourself and all those special people like us. I could use an Omaha Bound. I could use one, too. I got a whole bunch of them. Well, then somebody should be giving some for Christmas gifts, I think. Come back on mute. <laughs> and with that, go ahead and go to OmahaBound.com today. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling three French hens, turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ladies dancing, seven ladies dancing, six ladies dancing, five. You better not shout, you better not cry, you better not. In a pear tree on the ninth, on the eighth, on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Here we come, oh, I'm selling five golden rings, four calling birds, three French and two turtle doves. Here we come, oh, I'm selling six be decked with bass and partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Eleven pipers piping, ten loads of leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids and milking, seven swans are swimming, six geese are laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay, and when it's dry and ready, a dreidel I shall play. Oh, dreidel. Twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Eight days of Hanukkah. Oh. It's a Christmas medley. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Eight Herks are herking. Hello and welcome to the eighth day of the twelve days of Crusademus for 2020. Wow, can you believe it? Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic book series brought to you either by one of our holly jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. Santa will be coming to town. Well, I'm your host for this eighth day of Crusademus, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos Kringle. Ho, 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 ho. That's my jolly laugh. And here are the three out of the eight maids of milking joining me for today's unwrapping. Let's see what they're busy milking. And we'll start with Delvin the Dark Web. What you milking? Uh, not too much over here. Uh, that, that's kind of my personal business, and I would remind you to stay out of it. Merry Christmas, however, Pat. Merry Christmas, Delvin. 
And while we don't normally riff using the book, uh, allow me to do so this time, I got you all a present. And, you know, there's no need to unwrap it here. It's me. I'm the gift mm. right here. Did you keep the receipt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm about to give you the other gift that happens in this issue. Yeah. You want that? You want some of that, Jason? You know what? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. I'm going to chill. I'm going back on mute. And let's see what Jason the Weasel Skull is milking. Well, after your promo for Omaha Bound, it got me thinking, I got a huge stack of Eight Maids of Milking magazine that I could send to get them suckers hardbound, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got to pry them loose. They're, they're in Sean's room for some reason. But, oh, uh, just leave them there. Just yeah. leave them there. <laughs> I'm kind of afraid. I'm kind of afraid what condition I'll get Eight Maids of yeah, Milking. Maybe we can get Clinton better. to help get that out. Yeah, that's a good a idea. chance. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's move on with the other third maid who was milking. What are you milking, Jared? The yard sale artist, aka Death Probe. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm milking Delph of the Dark Web Williams. <laughs> you do not have my consent to do that. <laughs> that is a bad touch. Please, <laughs> you pop your top off there, hot shot. <laughs> What happens on the eighth day of crusade but stays at the eighth day of crusade. No, I tell you what I am doing though. I am I am down here. I, I'm not in my studio. I'm down here on the streets live. I'm on 34th Street. I heard there will be a miracle down here. So that's I'm gonna be hanging out. I'll let you know by the end of the episode if a miracle happens on 34th Street. Best of Wait, luck. Best of luck. Hold on. Hmm. Which 34th Street? Are you in New York? No. <laughs> hmm. Where are you? <laughs> He's on Good luck to you. Well, I'm actually in my hometown, tiny little town, Enterprise, Alabama. We don't have 34 streets, so I just went to the intersection of 3rd and 4th Street. Mm. Oh. Ah, maybe you get blessed by the Christmas weevil. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Christmas weasel, but the weevil. Yes. Well done. All right. I'm going to go get my uh, gloves and my pail, and I'm going to start milking Delvin the Dark Web Williams. <laughs> See, there's your Christmas miracle. Well, thank you, guys. It's so great to hear from all of you. And we will be checking in with Jared periodically throughout this episode. Let's find out who we have joining us around the fire with hot cocoa in hand is our special guest for this episode. You probably know him as one of our Crusader Club members, as we say his name every show. It's Max Traver. Hi, Max. That's me. Yeah, that's you. That is how you say my last name. Oh, I actually. said it right this time. Uh, okay, well, yeah, now we know. Yeah. Now we yeah. always kind of floated back between Traver, 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 Traver. 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 Sometimes with me, I kind of cheat a little bit. I go, Traver. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Crusaders Club member. Welcome, yes. welcome. Well, Max, it's so great to have you here. We're glad that you had won this year's chance to be on the show. Is it everything you thought it yeah. was? It is, and more, and things I hoped it couldn't possibly be. Mm -hmm. I'm honored to be here. I'm excited. I love the show, and uh, I am glad to see what happens next. Assembly, nothing bad. Sounds great. Uh, (laughs) Delvin, Jason, can you pass him some milk? If you want my body, and you think I'm sexy, come on, sugar. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh How's it going? What's up there, mini probe? Looking good, slimming down. I like it. I like it. Oh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, how you doing? Beard looking a little gray there, son. Got to get that just for men. I'm I'm hoping for a present, Sean, so if you you can eat some for me. 
Look at Dank Whip over here. Dank Whip knows what's up. You know he putting a little just for men in there. That's there's some gray hidden in there. Isn't that right? I use midnight cocoa bean. Oh, oh, whistle past the graveyard. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's this over here? Who's this fifth gentleman with the cap? Giving me those eyes. What's your name, boy? What's your name? Uh my name is the Max. The Max, huh? Well, let me ask you this. What was it before you changed it? That's how an Academy Award winner does it, boys. Every time it's a wrap, you little children have fun with your little playtime. I'm going to go Sean. drink the whiskey and get some women. Yes. Ouch. I know it's coming, and I laugh, yeah. and I hate it, and I hate myself. <laughs> well, with those pleasant trees out of the way, let's go ahead and uh, I'm sure some of you have got a quick question to the listener audience out there. Do you want to have a guest slot on next year's Crusade Miss for 2021? I do. I do. do. You do. (laughs) I can't even be a Crusaders Club member, and I do. Maybe 2021 will be your year, Jason. You said that in 2020 and in 2019. Keep it in the And in 2018. (laughs) And in 2017. You're just liars. You're all liars. Well, just to make sure that you are a Crusader Club member, just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade and join us for as little as $1 a month. We'll get you this fun that we have here. Be a part of the Longbox Crusaders Club members and get you a chance to be a guest on this particular episode or some of the other episodes we have out there. All you need to do is look for the post that'll go out sometime around April and respond back to that and you'll get your name in the drawing and be a winner just like our friend Max. Basically, it'll happen when we get to that point where we're like, crap, we didn't do a Crusaders Club member drawing yet. <laughs> Max, yeah, do you feel like a winner? I do. Okay. I do feel like a winner. <laughs> it, it, it's a strange feeling, but I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Another satisfied customer, boys. Another satisfied customer. It feels like Christmas. (laughs) It's the gift that keeps on giving. Speaking about gifts, what do you have gift-wrapped in that stocking of yours, Max? Well, as you heard in the so-called singing intro, today is 8 Herks a Herking, which means we're unwrapping... Hercules, Prince of Power, number one from Marvel Comics, published in 1982. Coming from Back Issue Magazine number 53, in April of 1982, June cover date, Marvel's first limited series, Contest of Champions, was such a success that two more miniseries were given the go-ahead, Wolverine and Hercules, Prince of Power. They tried a limited series for the first time. It was a pretty big hit, and that convinced them to do two more. I believe they were both four-issue miniseries. I'm not sure about Wolverine, but Hercules was. And to give that a shot as a format. Both of those did really well, too. On the creative side, we have Bob Layton, who was the plotter and artist on the hit Iron Man series with David Michelinie. Jim Shooter told Layton to take a chance on a humorous miniseries because the Wolverine one was going to be quite grim. So they figured they'd balance it out with one that had a little more comedy in it and a bit more of a sci-fi edge than the down-to-earth Wolverine series. Then we have Rick Parker doing the lettering. He worked for Marvel in the late 70s and was also the artist for MTV's Beavis and Butthead comic book from 94 to 96. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Christy Shield <laughs> was a colorist for Marvel and DC back in the 80s and 90s. She was on a ton of books and is now a landscape painter. 
She has sometimes used the alias Max Shield based on a nickname once given to her by fellow creator Dan Crespi. Then we have Mark Grunewald, who was and is Mark freaking Grunewald, one of my favorite comic book writers of all time. He created Cap Wolf. I rest my case. Jim <laughs> Shooter is very, very tall and a very controversial figure in comics, depending on who you ask. He did the editor-in-chief duties for the company at the time, and he was super nice to me when I met him a couple years ago at the Rhode Island Comic Con. Cool. So some of the main reasons I chose this book. I picked it up new off the racks in 82 when I was uh, 10, about to turn 11. I loved the humor in it, as I mentioned before, because even in the early 80s, superhero comics were kind of taking themselves a little too seriously most of the time. And this series was kind of a breath of fresh air to me, even though I was just a little kid. I sort of wanted a little more fun in some of my comics, like the, especially the Marvel comics were getting pretty angst heavy at the time. And something like Hercules that didn't take itself too seriously was a big hit for me. That's that's what I was looking for. So, you know, what follows into that is the sense of fun and adventure in this whole miniseries. There's humor and probably some actual moments of successful comedy in it, but there's also plenty of action and there's a cosmic scale that really impressed upon me the sheer scope of the greater Marvel Universe because I was mostly a DC reader before the early 80s, um, when I was a really little kid, you know, I didn't, th I thought Marvel was more of the down to earth, you know, kind of like street level hero universe. And this Hercules miniseries was my first glimpse into, you know, Marvel's kind of uh, galactic setting, you know, the space Marvel setting. And then there's the art. Bob Layton, I feel, is an underrated comic book artist. Everyone talks about his Iron Man run. If his name comes up, people just mention Iron Man and that's kind of where it ends. But I think he doesn't get mentioned often enough. I think his draftsmanship, his storytelling, and just the way he makes any character design look cool is underrated. I mean, Hercules' outfit is not the greatest. But when he draws it, uh, you know, he has that talent like George Perez does. You can give him any design, and it looks cool when he renders it. So I have to ask, have any of you read any Hercules or this miniseries before? We'll start with Jason. You know, I have read some Hercules, mainly when he was in the Avengers, so I know the character fairly well. I read some The Incredible Hercules, or Incredible Hulk Herc, I, I believe it was called. I think Greg Pak was writing it then, and I enjoyed that as well. But this earlier run, no, I'm not familiar with this at all. This is a first-time read for me on this one. All right, so how about you, Pat? When I was reading this, I felt like I may have read a part of this. Uh, I remember, kind of like you mentioned, as a kid, going to the convenience store, the PDQ, uh, we called it down here, and going there and looking on the rack or whatever, the, the, the board where they had all the comics, and I remember pulling a Hercules one. I don't know, remember what issue number it was, but I do remember having it in my collection, and I think it got purged when I was young and dumb and i'm like oh i gotta get rid of all these ones and try to get money for them they're ultra expensive now or whatever but i can't remember about the whole story at all so I, i'm kind of iffy on it okay so uh how about you jared what is your history with hercules if any i just want everyone first of all to be proud of me that i got this far into the podcast without going hercules 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 <laughs> You waited patiently. Oh, so much yeah. better. Yeah. No. Good job. I, I, I'm like Jason. I've 
familiar with Hercules and some other areas. I knew about the Bob Layton series, but never gave it a shot until now. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I think we've already crossed the reading Rainbow Rubicon because Pat did read an issue. Uh, so we'll finish up with Delvin. I've not read the original series, but like Jason, I did read The Incredible Hercules. I know that I've had to have some run of the Avengers that Hercules was in. I definitely read Dark Avengers, where Ares was a character of which he was modeled after the dark version of Hercules. And I think Hercules may have made an appearance uh, in that as well. So I'm familiar with that. And it's also of note, reading this original series, that they paired him in The Incredible Hercules with Amadeus Cho. Much like they paired him with the, uh, was not, was it a Rigelian robot? We can talk about that later, but it was interesting seeing him being paired with yeah. another yeah. kind of straight man. But we can talk yeah. more about that later. All right, cool. So um, I would just like to say about this miniseries in general that if, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say comic books just aren't fun anymore. You know, my superhero comics are, are lecturing me or, you know, they're, they're bringing me down. If you feel that way, you owe it to yourself to check this series out. It's not that expensive in the back issue bins, and it's been collected along with the first follow-up miniseries in Hercules, Prince of Power, a collection out there you can get pretty easily. It's still in print. It's eight full issues of just cosmic adventure and character-driven comedy and nothing that's going to bring you down. I feel like, you know, this is the gift. As we mentioned before, that keeps on giving and giving until it hurts, as Hercules mentions giving the gift four times in this issue alone. Mm-hmm. And he has a very specific gift in mind when he says that. Like Flash Gordon. Similar, similar gift. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Max, do you want to provide us with a summary of this issue? Okay, so in this issue, Hercules is returning home to Mount Olympus after a long absence. It's not specified. It's it's not in continuity with what's happening in the Marvel comics at the time. It's He's been away for a long time, and he's climbing up Mount Olympus by hand. And he's expecting an exuberant welcome from his fellow gods. However, when he arrives, his father Zeus has a day of reflective silence decreed in honor of his own birthday. Hercules, of course, gets bored and disrupts this silence, and Zeus is not amused. Furious with his son and eager to teach the immature demigod some humility, he sends Herc out into the vastness of the universe on Apollo's sun chariot to learn just how puny a creature the Greek god of strength truly is. Okay, so let's go around and hear what everyone here thought of this issue. We will start with our host, Pat. My top things about this issue is the artwork is really great. Just going through it, I was mesmerized and kept looking at the art and how detailed it was. Really enjoyed looking at it. The second thing I liked was how fun it was. And you mentioned that they wanted this to be a somewhat comedy, somewhat adventurous, and somewhat grandiose story. And it told that. I was really enjoying all the little short jokes that were in there, especially the one that I kept laughing at is he's got to be quiet. And so he sits in silence all by himself. And then, boom, breaks the thing. <laughs> I kept laughing at that one. And Delvin mentioned the straight guy when he picks up the Rigelian uh, recorder or whatever. And just reading the language that he uses, the old, ah, how do you say that? The the Olympian kind of, that goddish talk that it uh, has there. And I had to just kind of hear that in my head as I'm talking. I'm like, does this sound right? But, but it made it fun. And so I really enjoyed it. 
with a bigger adventure going on, you can see the buildup that it's happening. And uh, just to see what the next episode comes to, you know, is his big mouth going to get him in trouble or is... Yes, I'm going to just assume. <laughs> yes. Is this a coming of age story where, you know... Also, you know, yes. Is... I'm going to also assume. <laughs> is, yes. Sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah, I, I really thought this was a, a great read and I was turning the page and turning the page and just kept reading it. So thanks for bringing it. All right. Fantastic. So Jared, if he can drop the milk bucket and let us know what you thought of Hercules as well. I didn't read it. Surprise. All right. <laughs> I liked it. I think you did a great job talking about it earlier, Max, in that it has a real airy quality to it. It's not a dense read. It's a fun read. It's, I would call it kind of a palate cleanser. You know, it's weird to make this connection, but on one of the earlier Crusade Misses, I want to say it was 2018. Can't remember for sure, but I brought Gru. And this kind of reminds me of a Gru story because yeah. Hercules is like this powerful, bumbling idiot like Gru. It makes you laugh and there are lessons to be learned in there. This one definitely had the lesson of, you know, don't assume. Don't assume by the way people look. He thought that one guy was a big, mean monster. And he was just a really nice, you know, alien creature, <laughs> you know. And so there are neat little lessons wrapped in a fun time. And it just felt very much like a Gru book, of which I'm a fan. So I, I'm very pleased with it and uh, just thought it was fun. And with that, I'll pass it back to you, Max. Cool. Thanks. And uh, we will now go to Jason and find out what he thought of Hercules. Well, Pat mentioned the art, and I agree 110% on that. The art in there is very impressive, particularly because the first bit of the book is set in a fantasy type of element. So that has its own particular challenges with the characters and the design of the backgrounds and the buildings, architecture, so forth. And then you jump right to the opposite end of the spectrum and you're off into space, you know, with the sci-fi elements. And a lot of times the 80s sci-fi element art in the books look a little cheesy and dated, but this actually holds up fairly well, I thought. I was really impressed with that. So 110% agree with Pat on the art. Jared touched on the, the heart element, the lessons that are in the book. I'll just expand on that a little bit. I thought that... It was really impressive to me to see that scene where Hercules actually does something heroic. For most of the book, he's kind of plundering around, looking for a fight, looking for a chance to prove himself, basically just bored, wanting something to happen. But the moment that that ship's in trouble and people are going to die if he doesn't act, he acts and he acts selflessly and he yeah. acts decidedly. And that's something that we don't see sometimes and I'm thinking back to the Avengers books where a lot of times he was just kind of like the Gru of the Avengers he was the the stooge the oaf and this was really refreshing to see him rise to the occasion in this issue of Hercules so I really appreciated that and I'll end it there now that you mentioned that I I really like that part of it too it's kind of like what again I'm more of a DC guy and even after this, I was, but it's like in the Giffen and DiMatteis Justice League, they were always goofing around and there was a lot of comedy and they seemed like a bunch of yahoos. But when it came down to the mission, they knew what they were doing and they were there for the right reasons and they got the job done. And so Hercules, even though he's, a, you know, 
He's kind of a buffoon. He's still there when it counts. Yeah, I, I really dig that too. Now I would ask Delvin to share his thoughts with us. A lot of interesting things about the book. When I was reading it at first, and it's easy to be cynical and say, yeah, this kind of felt like a Thor knockoff because, you know, they're both gods and they both have that yay verily type talk that Pat was talking about. But it was clear that they were setting it in a different direction from what they would do with Thor. Thor is normally more serious, more action-based. Thor is taken seriously with how he jumps into action. But there are also some similarities that were kind of lovable too, of where Odin sometimes just cannot with Thor. Just he can't. And that was very hilariously displayed with Hercules to where Hercules, just like a kid, he just couldn't be quiet. It's like, I'm bored and I want ladies and I want fun and I want fights and I want beer. And you want me to be quiet? What? Why? So, and sure enough, Zeus is like, no, you gotta go because you're ruining the thing that I have. That part is cool. Pairing him with the Rogelian and was cool. And it's also cool seeing that they were around in the 80s because I read a little bit about the Rogelians, mostly in the X-Men. So that was cool as well. Seeing them out in that cosmic adventure kind of reminded me a little bit of Quasar, which we talked about earlier in Crusades. Mm. So it touched in a little bit of that cosmic realm as well. And then sometimes with humor in comics, it can fall flat. But if you do it right, it's good and it's charming. And I thought it fell a lot more into the good and charming part of it to where my general feeling about Hercules is he's a lovable loser. They played that up a lot here. But when the chips fall, he's going to try and do what he feels is the right thing. And I, I think there was one time in Avengers, I don't know if it was before or after, where he was had to fight against the Masters of Evil alone and got beaten to oh, like almost death. Like, I mean, that's about as serious as it gets. And it was, it, but if he wouldn't have done that, Avengers Mansion would have fallen and he knew it. And so he stood in there and he took the lumps because of it. And that's the type of character Hercules is. And last thing, it was also very interesting just seeing as how it was juxtaposed with them coming out with the Hercules series and the Wolverine series. I didn't know that. That is a very interesting point that you brought up. And it's kind of, Given, you know, the 37 or so year crystal ball that I have into the future, it's understood and expected why Wolverine took off like he did. But it's kind of sad at the same time that humor element and that fun element had to be pushed aside for everybody being all gruff and grim and everything. Because, yeah, every now and again, it's good. But sometimes it's nice to have that laugh and this allowed that to happen. So... I'd never read this before. It was a good, unexpected read. Cool. Perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping that people would get out of this because not a lot of people talk about this miniseries or the follow-up, which was just as good. You know, it's kind of this, I think, forgotten little gem of Marvel Comics history. And it, it set a tone that they just didn't follow up on hard enough. But I really like an example of a hero that doesn't have to be super competent all the time, doesn't have to be super serious all the time. But then we'll show you why they have the reputation they have when it comes down to it. There's not enough of those people like Wolverine, as we just mentioned. He is the best 
there is at what he does. You know, they lean towards everyone has to be an uber badass all the time. You know, Wolverine never has a moment where he falls down the stairs. You know, (laughs) it has to have happened, but they're never going to show you that, you know, like the zipper on his leather jacket's broken when he's trying to be cool. That's he's not going to have those moments, you know, but Hercules will have that moment. He'll be wasted and go completely down the stairs into the Avengers meeting, you know, (laughs) so and yet he's not a complete buffoon either. You need him on the team. There's a reason he's there. You know, I I just had this this other thought. Um, Jason was mentioning the juxtaposition between sci-fi and the fantasy in this comic. And the transition is made literal. And again, this is where I feel Leighton is an underrated talent. It's made literal in that Hercules bridges those two sides of the story by literally taking a magical (laughs) chariot into space. In a panel, you know, like you see like these horses who have an awesome running joke going on about them. Uh, no one should ever try to feed them blasting off into space. So you have the divine and the cosmic literally forced together in one panel. That's just yeah. I, I just well, love Leighton's ability. To that's do a great stuff panel. Like that. Yeah, I liked it, too. How within the book, basically, they said, well, how does time and distance relate in here? And the <laughs> answer is pretty much don't worry about it. <laughs> just go. <laughs> it's a chariot. It's Zeus. It's Apollo. Don't worry about it. That's all the explanation you need. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> absolutely. Let's go. No science needed. Let's go. Let's go to the store. Yeah, the recorder is kind of there to do that for the reader too. Like he's, you know, he's this robot who sees things logically. So he's going to ask those questions, like, how are we breathing? How does this work? How is any of this functioning? And Hercules is there to go. It's the will of Zeus, and that's it. Yeah, nice. One thing about the recorder, in case I forget to mention it, um, because I just watched the final series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's been a character in the past two seasons called Enoch in that show. Anyone here been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or is it just me? I am familiar with the character of Enoch. I haven't watched the latest season, but I do know who Enoch is, yes. So the Chronicoms, as soon as they appeared, to me, it was an obvious parallel to what if the recorders just had their their own planet completely they weren't just rigelian toys because enoch was very much serving that function in the story he was kind of like wryly logical humorous sidekick and so i got a huge kick out of that i'm like i'm getting a little bit from hercules prince of power in my agents of shield because fitz isn't exactly hercules but they're giving him the recorder to hang out with anyway so that was just cool to see yeah that's cool now it's time to rate your interest in the series using the official Crusade Miss Candy Cane scale. On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? Jason. Well, using my usual scoring scale of humor, heart, spectacle, and art, I gave the humor a full three. There was a lot packed in there. I laughed out loud. That's what you got to do to get a three, and you did it. What really surprised me was the amount of heart in the book. I thought from Zeus trying to teach his son a lesson to the lessons that Hercules learned in the first issue and the setup for lessons to come, I gave that a three as well. Didn't expect to be given that a three, but I did. Spectacle's kind of the low on the totem pole on this one. A lot of exposition, a lot of talk, but still enough to keep me interested. I gave it a one. In art, you said it, Max, Bob Layton is definitely underrated, and this 
issue really demonstrates his ability to draw characters, to lay out action, to draw intricate, detailed backgrounds. I gave it a full three. So, using my math calculator-like mind, and I'm going to carry the one, um, I'm giving that a 10. Delvin says it's a 10, but because of your enthusiasm, I'm bumping it up plus one. So that's 11 candy canes for Hercules, Prince of Power. Excellent. So, Pat, how many candy canes do you have? Well, as you all know, I use the same scale as Jason does, but just in reverse. And so what I came up with was a 10. I don't know if I could even do it in reverse, Ben. <laughs> Art spectacle. I, that's why I do it for you. So, Art yeah. humor? Yeah, I guess. Art spectacle humor. And <laughs> Art, I don't I just do it, you know. I, do it I just do it. <laughs> I give it a 10. And if I can find these in the bins or anywhere, I'm definitely going to be pulling them so I can, uh, you know, kind of finish that collection. You have to see the rest of this series. He gets Galactus drunk at the end. And speaking of getting Galactus drunk, we're going to ask Jared to ruin the curve and lowball us some candy canes. Man, I got a reputation, I see. Hmm. I have a question for you, Max. You said there was a second series that spun out of this. Do you know how many... Issues that I went think it's another all hard. You don't have to know for sure. Just wondering. For a total of one, eight issues. Interesting. Okay. But no, because it appealed to my love of Gru and it was kind of fantastical. Yeah, I'm with the team. I'm feeling a 10 on it. I'm feeling a 10 candy cane on this. Eight issues would make a decent uh, little hardback if you want to go to omahabound.com. And I'm with Pat. You know, if I spot it in the, in the 50 cent bin or, or the dollar bin, I'll probably pull it and bundle them up and send them to our friend Tim at OmahaBound.com. This score of 10 candy canes is brought to you by OmahaBound.com. Go there today. Delvin, all the plugs are used up, so you're going to have to make it up with candy canes. All right. I am with a 10 myself. Uh, and... The pleasant thing about that, Tim, is I talked myself up, not only hearing some of the things that you mentioned about it, but I was reminded, I can't remember, this point, done a pretty decent amount of podcasting. But at one point, I was lamenting that I wish that Marvel and DC had a little bit more courage to have a little bit of fun. And I can't blame them. It's, it's such a cutthroat industry now and you got to put out those cool edgy storylines and you got to have your moments with your heroes doing your stuff and whatnot. But sometimes it is fun to have a little and I'm sure Jared cannot when I say this. Wahaha. It is fun and you've got to have it. And I think that if they took that leap a little bit more today, that we would all be a little bit more better off for it. It's a 10 for me. I would definitely like to read the rest of the series. It was really good. Excellent. Mission accomplished. Before we go, I'll just give you one last recommendation for this series. There was one more follow-up beyond the two series we've mentioned. It came out in 2010 called Twilight of a God that went further into this storyline. It dealt with Hercules and his adult children. And I have not read that. Maybe the, one of the reasons I let it go was that Bob Layton didn't do the art. Ron Lim did. Bob wrote it, and we had Ron Lim, who I do like as an artist, but for some reason, it just seemed like it had been so long since the previous two minis, so I didn't give it a chance. I don't know if that's a worthy follow-up or not. 
I just figured I should mention that because that is out there and it's um it's on Comicsology. I was just looking at it today, trying to talk myself into picking it up again. That'll wrap up day eight of the twelve days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we've covered on the show, or if you give one of the, our recommendations a try. Let us know what you think about it. You can do that by hitting us up on the Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Longbox Crusade, or email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you want to hear more from our special guest, where can they find you out on the interwebs, Max? You can find me on my comic blog, which is maxreadscomics.wordpress.com. There's a Facebook page for the blog, and I have a Twitter account that I haven't used that much for yet, but that's where I'm at. Awesome. Fun reading time with Max. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year, or just want to hear more Crusademus, you can scroll far back enough back in our feed, and you will find all episodes from Crusademus Pass. That's 2019 or maybe 2018, or even when we started it in 2017. Wow. That's three ghosts of Crusademus past to go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Cristados, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended we are just fans that like to share our love of comics outtakes <laughs> is this it, we it where's the script oh, I, don't, I don't if i'm not hosting crusaders i don't pull the script up <laughs> me neither pants do go down but the script yeah. <laughs> yeah. pants down
script also down. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it, but it's facts. Script up, pants down, ain't got time to mess around. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that right now, presently, I'm on mute. You, well, no, you're not. No, we can't be hear you because we can hear you. Hold oh. on, I'm going to mute you. The only one muted right now is clearly me. You, you okay. didn't mute me, Jason. You muted yourself. This thing oh, is just man. blowing my mind. I'm the only one on mute. That's that's the cold hard facts. No, Jared, you also are not on mute because there is there's not a. Indication. Oh, I couldn't hear him talking. Is Pat mm. on mute? That's, that's not on mute. <laughs> he, he's possibly delusional about hearing his status. So. How much mileage have we gotten out of this? <laughs> uh, a whole lot, and it just keeps going. <laughs> it, it gets funnier every time that, we do it. No, it's never. It's never going to get muted. Oh my goodness! Now that we have, we got all of our in jokes done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, probably no, not. What are we missing? Sure there are others. We'll get to that during the, the broadcast. check, mic check, check. <laughs> We're gone. Yeah, we done the mute joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, We're missing something. What can we bring back? Recipes. I was listening to an old episode the other day. I was like, oh, man, we haven't talked about actually, recipes in no. forever. Let's get started here. Everybody on mute? Yes. I'm also, on mute. I'm, I am also on mute. Also on mute. I will take myself off of mute. Okay. You, oh, wait, you, I never took myself on no, mute. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, you're the only one that needs to be unmuted. The rest of us need to mute. So that X that goes between the mute, that means I'm muted, right? Sure. Okay. Am I on mute? No, you're not on mute. No. 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 We're going to no, mute no. on three. One, two, mute. three. 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 Oh. Now, do I mute or just... Good job, guys. You still don't mute. We had it. Okay. But Pat didn't. Max is about to lose his <laughs> As well we should. <laughs> Wait, do I sing right now? Sing it! Do you need a, You want us to cone it in? Sing it! <laughs> yes, yes, I think I need it. <laughs> you can shout Give it me in. a beat! All right, so... No, we're not. Okay, I'm going on mute. I'm going on mute. That's the gag we missed. Yeah. Do it live. There we go. <laughs> Even if I saw 50 Cent in the club, <laughs> I'd buy this. What? Never mind. That's a bad joke. I get Sorry. I get I get it, but I'm just not doing it. Cut that one out, Pat. That wasn't good. <laughs> Oh, Pat, I still haven't seen any miracles down here at uh, 34th, well, 3rd and 4th Street here at Enterprise. It's been pretty quiet. Just uh, I think there's two guys dealing meth over there. And Mary, J- Mary Jane? Is that you? I'm going to deck the halls with some balls of holly, baby. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm going to love that freaking Merry Christmas, Mary Jane. <laughs>